1: Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Chelsea Christmas special. What makes this so special? Well, no one's actually here apart from me and Andy.
2: And I'm a bit under the weather.
1: You're under the weather, so. But I'm a
2: brave little soldier.
1: Oh, you are very brave, Andy. Poor Andy. He's all snotty. Quite snotty. Yes. Didn't you say, didn't you have a terribly good joke about rabbits and that? Well, yeah,
2: if you see a rabbit with a runny nose, don't think it's funny because it's
1: snot. There you go. That is showing the level we're at. We're back to reality. Gone is last week's fabulous time with Pat, which I have to say, I thoroughly enjoyed. Well,
2: and thank you so much for all of your very kind uh, feedback on it. It was great. We had a lot of feedback, people saying they really enjoyed it. And I think it's something we're going to try and do more of, isn't it? Bring, bring some of these really interesting former players in to get their view on things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think it works because, uh, you know, they, they do have a, a differing viewpoint as opposed to us, the sort of... Blind foolish fan, although well, Pat is a fan, isn't he, he is a
2: fan. And, and one thing that really stuck in my mind from that from interview last week is when he said, You know, everybody used to think that he was weird, and he would think, No, you're all weird, I'm normal. <laughs> You know, in the sense that footballers are a bit weird. They just generally are because they live in such a bubble. They live in, you know, such a strange environment, you know, and he, he was able to kind of see that, which was, which I think made his viewpoint slightly more interesting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think he was one of those who was telling me that he actually got fined for not going out drinking with the team and things. And, <laughs> you know, I, th- I think it's absolutely brilliant. So, you know, th- thanks very much, Pat, if you're listening to this, which I'm sure you are now that you're such a convert. But um, we are awaiting the arrival. <laughs> Of His Highness Gary Hayes, but uh, he's been held up, um, and hopefully we will have some interesting things that he did because he's been doing the press conferences. You know, being a proper journalist, yeah, he does the press conferences with Conte and the way managers and things, and um, he recorded the uh, the the one at the weekend. I got some interesting little quotes from Conte and things for us to digest Great. and chat about. Um, nothing too heavy, nothing too intense, but you know, I, I quite like. Seeing the fact, as you'll see later, that Conte is far more relaxed doing it when there's no cameras on him particularly, as opposed to when he's on TV. Because on TV, he's... Worried about his hair. Yeah, he's worried. No, look. Okay, here's a question. Somebody told me it's obviously a syrup. It is. Well, it's not syrup. It's a weave. It's a weave. Yeah, yeah. It's a weave. So it's actually thatched in.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think there's, he's probably got plugs as well.
1: Right, Okay. Yeah.
2: So, so I mean, I don't, I'm not, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Because, I mean, I've seen the pictures of his pattern baldness.
1: Oh, I haven't seen these. Oh, yeah. See.
2: No, there's, there, if you just type in, uh, type in. Bald uh, Conte. Conte, yeah, bald Conte or Conte bald, <laughs> Um You're going to get some really interesting pictures. And, okay. and, you know, he's clearly got male pattern balding at a fairly early age. And has taken his existing hair and thickened it via a weave. But I think also has these, you have these plugs inserted in your skull that, you know, that, that hold hair and. Yeah, it's, but it's a good one. I'll give him that. It's a really good one.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's unlike Wayne Rooney's. His has just sprouted out of his chin.
2: Well, I think the with Wayne's it, it has a shelf life of about a month and then it, then it all thins out again. It must be costing him a fortune.
1: Really? So it's not for keeps? No, well, no.
2: I mean, I think you have to keep replenishing it. Have you looked into this then? Well, I haven't. Well, I should because I'm clearly a. Well, no, that wasn't what?
1: meant to be a comment on. Well, on well I, I am.
2: I am a, a, a man of a certain age going slightly bald. Um doesn't bother me. I mean, it doesn't bother me at all. But um, I think it does with some people and Conte being an Italian stallion you know I think it probably you know it etches deep into his psyche so but I have to say it is really good. He looks like he has a luscious mop of thick Mediterranean hair.
1: (laughs) What is going on? It has to be the podcast before Christmas. He even gets his weave right. He even gets his weave right. No he does and I I have to say I mean okay for, for a moment let's have a because uh, I think we're going to sort of concentrate a fair bit today on, on things like Conte, just because, you know, we have got to a point where he's been utterly fantastic. And, um, you know, how are you feeling at this midpoint? Confident. Conf- what was it you, you said? I said, oh, I'm a bit nervous. Didn't I? I texted you the, uh, um, in the, the Palace game. I said, a bit nervous at 1-0. Oh, my gosh, I've just seen a photo of Conte. I'll never look at him the same again.
2: Yeah, I'm just showing
1: you. Blimey, the of one me. where it's thinning and he's obviously in denial is dreadful. I mean, that's okay. I, mean, I quite like that. It looks tough as nails in that one where it's shaved. That's just wrong on every... Why do people lose their hair and keep that funny little fringe at the front? Yeah. I mean, you know, well, maybe you, looking, you should Are you looking tweet at those. me directly on that No, because <laughs> you, no, you don't have a fringe at but the if front. If I go like that... Yeah, well, that's okay. Yeah, yeah but yeah. it's not a
2: fringe. You've it's t- not good radio, is it? Because I'm bending down. No, I'm sh- not, it's you my not, it's not. I mean, th-
1: maybe we should take a photo of your ball patch for Twitter. Well, maybe
2: what we'll do is we'll put a picture of Conte up on the, as the picture for for this particular podcast. Yeah, I and, think, yeah. I, I not think that, that we're having a go at him being ball, because we love no, him. What were you saying before I showed you a picture of a ball I, in Conte? I, I can't remember. I was just You were asking me how I thought. I th- I'm I, very confident. I mean, listen, I, <laughs> I uh, when he came in, I thought it was an interesting appointment. Uh, he's clearly achieved really good things at Juve. He did very well with an average team in the Italian squad I think Euro 96 excited me Uh, I thought obviously when he came in those two games against Arsenal and Liverpool were disappointing Um, but but you know since then I think he's been immense and what I like about him is his ability to get the team galvanized and and get us playing as a team again because we didn't do that last year so I think if we can keep people fit if we can keep them on the pitch if he can make a couple of buys in the January transfer window uh, just to strengthen the squad, and that's my main concern: is the depth of our squad. Um, I really, uh, you know, I, re- I really am confident that we can go on and, and do interesting things.
1: So yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I still get a bit nervous at one nil because I've got sort of muscle memory from you know the last couple of years where one nil hasn't been enough. And I think I texted you against Palace and said, "Oh, I'm a bit a bit nervous about this." And you said, "Oh, I'm not when we've got a defence as impregnable as ours." And um, it was, it was, you know. It, you were back to that, that cockiness that I haven't seen for a couple of years from you, well, it's based on
2: stats, Kerry. You know, it's based <laughs> on stats. I and when mean, we conceded two goals in the last 11 games, and one of those was an own goal. I mean, if you can't be confident with stats like that, then there, there's an issue. Now, of course, you know, I don't think we have a divine right to keep clean sheets for the rest of the season. I don't think we will. I don't think we'll go unbeaten. I think we'll lose games. But, you know, if you look at that defence and the way it's performed and that goalkeeper and that holding midfield duo, then you have to be confident that we have got a very, very solid defence.
1: Well, uh, as you say that, in comes Mr. Gary Hayes, who's going to sit down. Yeah, nice of you to very, turn up, Gary. Very quietly, yeah. Very nice. You know, he's been doing rugby stuff. He's have been you doing rugby stuff. I know
0: Six Nations. Sorry, my the reason when I it's came in late. Not February. I was on the tube and I was thinking, oh, what can I say? What can I say? And I can't have a good line. I was going to say, oh. Sorry i late. The highway was jammed with uh, broken heroes and a last chance power drive. Excellent. No, we, okay. and, and only
2: Bruce Springsteen fans <laughs> would get that.
1: Yeah, I've yeah. got no idea. What yeah, is he talking about? Have talking you been drinking?
0: I <laughs> wish. But, but, but t- I do apologise. Wrong shape ball. I so that was uh, that. Uh, Thunder Road, was it? <laughs> that was uh, Born to Run. Born
1: to Run. Right, Born to go. Run. There you, there you go. You know, yeah, you can't catch him. Nice try. You did that deliberately. to try and catch him out. Um, but, you know, the, the other thing now that Gary's here is that this week is the first time that we've got um gary down at chelsea and you did something a little bit special didn't you you managed to uh do some recording for us
0: yes i did of the uh of the press conference which i normally record and then uh given that um me and me and antonio we're on first uh first name terms these days uh, as we were getting I'll along. Call so him well. tony like i do then. <laughs> or Antoine <laughs> or just Ant yeah or, <laughs> or T or or, <laughs> <laughs> or, or daddy <laughs> oh, oh no sorry that was daddy <laughs> wrong day i'll just,
2: just incline my head
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so so yeah you, you you've done this cuz it, it always strikes me that you know okay they get picked over quite a lot of these press conferences but on the whole usually one or two things make it out of the press conference yeah and um but you sort of have a, a bit of a claim to fame um, over this one this week. And so we're going to play a little clip um, of uh, a moment for you. But it starts off with, with another question about uh, the team and how Antonio views himself.
3: The manager uh, must be a tailor and to, to try uh, to find the right fit for your team. And uh, for sure, uh, for me, uh, it wasn't easy uh, to, to arrive and to understand uh, very soon the, uh, the characteristics of my players, and I need uh, a bit of time. I tried uh, a different solution before to arrive, a uh, uh, change in the formation, but I think that the, um, uh, the, the, the most important thing is uh, the, the mentality. The mentality, our mentality, our strong mentality, and I also uh, uh, hard work during the week—tactical uh, work, physical work, technical work, uh, analysis work—good food. We touched the uh, different aspect to try to improve. But I must be honest, uh, and uh, uh, you—you uh, can—you uh, can bring your idea of food, but uh, if uh, uh, you haven't, the player. That follow you, this idea is very difficult for uh, every single manager. And I'm pleased. I'm pleased uh, to, for my players because uh, they uh, they are deserving this because every day uh, I see uh, their commitment, their work rate during the training session, They will uh, to to do something important uh, this uh, this season. But I-, I love to repeat that uh, we have uh, we will have uh, two games before uh, the end of the first part of the season, and then uh, 19 games uh, before to, uh, to finish the season. And uh, anything can happen. It's important, I repeat, to continue to work in this way and, uh, uh, and to see, for me, the will to improve.
1: So, Gary, um, that was him going on about Taylor. I, th- I actually like that. I know that's a bit long, that clip, but I do think it encapsulates everything that's going on this season and how he views it. But you saw it another way. And um, just to cue this up, Gary is the man you're going to hear in the distance asking a question next. And uh, this is quite an interesting response. Antonio,
0: you say about, as a manager, you've got to be a tailor. So given how Chelsea playing, that make you the Armani of
3: football managers? <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's <laughs> <No. I'm> good. <laughs> so there you get Andy. I mean, we, we've heard that laugh. It's brilliant. Come on, I mean, it's
2: that, very good. That giggling thirteen-year-old <laughs> schoolgirl laugh. I mean, I mean,
1: I'm I'm with him hundred percent just because of that. What a brilliant laugh. It's just because we have this has actually made a bit of news, hasn't it, this week? The the fact that you know you said, does this make you the Armani of, of football yeah. and and things? And he actually goes under his bed Dolce and Gabbana. Now, who is it who's saying that, don't they sponsor Chelsea or something at the moment? It used to
0: be. Now I think it's Hackett. So I, I should have rephrased the question. Sean, I? I said, are you the Hackett of uh, football,
2: football he managers? He wouldn't know what Hackett is. <laughs> no, he He's wouldn't. not from Essex. <laughs> it's just, it's just, but, <laughs>
1: It's just a great moment, and uh, I, ju- I just like hearing things like that because he suddenly becomes more human in a kind of way. He seems yeah. more relaxed in the press conference as well. I
0: think it's because he's getting a bit more confident with his with his English, especially. But um, yeah, although I'm, I'm a bit frustrated because I'm still waiting for my answer. He hasn't given me one, so uh, <laughs> just I have to ask run. it at yeah. every press well, conference.
1: Well, no, he has. I will, I will. He has his, oh, He said he's Dolce and Gabbana.
0: <laughs> yeah, true, true. I he guess. has given you the answer. He um, just got to.
1: Think about it, you it, know. it
0: yeah. It, it was funny because obviously he was talking about the tailor, and it just popped into my mind you know, the fact that Chelsea have won 11 on the bounce now, which is obviously very impressive. Not many teams do it, and um, well, no, it's actually, a, actually, a record, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the
2: first time Chelsea have done this in a single season,
0: yeah, exactly. You know, so and, and it was just a spur of the moment thing, really. And uh, obviously, it came out a lot better off. But the funny thing is, is that one of my uh, good friends is, is Italian, and because uh, growing up in Peterborough, there's a lot of Italians there, so I've got a lot of Italian friends, and uh, so I speak a marginal Italian, although the other week I, I couldn't remember Bongiorno. But um, so I, I was texting him during the game because I, I just thought there was this um, nice comparison when when we played there uh, in 2013-14 and we were going for the title the year that City won it and Gerard Slip and all the rest of it. We lost to Palace and um, after the game, uh, Paul Lagan asked him you know, why Chelsea lost the game. asked Jose and he said, oh, I can't say it's too rude. And he wrote his answer on a bit of paper. And he said, uh, no balls. And then uh, the year later we went there, we won 3 0, I think it was, and Seth scored, and Oscar scored a free kick. And then at the end of the game, Paul asked him the same question and he said big balls this time, you know, that they, they showed a bit more, you know, cojones uh, uh, as you, as I like to say. But um anyway, uh, so I I just thought, oh, you know, being at Palace it might be interesting. So I was getting some Italian phrases and I was and I was trying to work out how to pronounce it and my pronunciation my pronunciation wasn't you know, I wasn't confident with it. So I'd have been asking him that if I, if my friend had answered the phone, but then you know, I spoke about Armani instead. So, but yeah, it worked out well, and it, it just shows him as this nice character. He's, he's relaxed and and human. Yeah, and you know Dan uh, Levine, friend of this show, uh, been on a few times. He he made a point on Twitter later saying that you see that, and it's um, you can see why players want to play for him. Yeah.
2: yeah, I mean, I love the fact when he goes on the on the pitch after the games and high fives players and hugs them. Yeah. And, you know, he really—he's not worried about what he looks like. He just lets himself go in the in the heat of the moment. That's great. Jose's—you always sense with Jose's aware of the cameras on him and aware of yeah of what he looks like. Whereas I think Conte just gets lost in the moment, which I love.
0: And especially that when you hear the you know the, the squeaky laugh, he's not really you know he's, he's got his guard down a bit, and you see yeah. a bit more of insight into him. And then uh, you know, later on, obviously, the question starts. It's coming. not even that funny. No, it's well, not even oh, that come funny. On, well, come come I mean, on.
2: it's all right. <laughs> I mean, it's it's all right, Gary. I all mean, right. by your stand, well. by your standard, it's brilliant. But
1: but you know, you should mean? have heard the joke Andy made earlier. Why don't you tell him your joke from earlier? Then he'll understand You'll what have to funny. Listen is. To the podcast, but listen.
2: <laughs> I um uh, you know, I mean, it's all right, but I mean, it elicited such a you know such a meltdown from him. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah. Wait till you tell
1: him something really funny,
0: Gary. I know. Yeah. Wait till I start speaking Italian to him. Then he'll start laughing. <laughs> exactly. You
1: should. You should. I think. I think you and him have got a special bond there. Haven't I know.
0: The, the funny thing is, I'm so far away on that mic because. Because uh, he only lets me within hundred meters of him, he's got a restraining order. <laughs> <laughs> are we going to talk about the game?
1: Yeah, we are. I mean, so Palace, it was. You know, I mean, uh, interesting, an interesting uh, day's football. Uh, another strange start, uh, and I, but, you know, it was. We're going in with such hope again. I mean, how did you view the game?
2: Well, it was an interesting game. Another stupid early kickoff. I don't like these early kickoffs, as you say. I mean, as we've discussed, where are our nice late afternoon kickoffs or Saturday three o'clock kickoffs? that's what we want but uh, no interesting game I mean it was always going to be difficult we spoke about it last week with Pat about the small pitch and the, the fact that they were going to be cramped for space I mean it kind of it, it played out like that interesting uh, team formation Hazard and Matic back in the starting lineup. William starting his second game in a row Fabregas and Pedro dropped to the bench um, and, you know, I think we made slightly heavy work of it, but I never felt threatened in the game. I never felt that it was going to be anything more than a, a sort of resilient performance from us. And, of course, when we got the goal, our first headed goal of the season from Costa, I didn't see any way back for, Chelsea, for, for Crystal Palace after that, frankly.
1: Right, well, i tell you what, we'll go over to you in a minute, Gary, and talk about the game. But it is now time for an ad break. <laughs> When it comes to a software
2: vendor audit, you need to park the bus. Call 0203 817 or visit livingstone-tech.com to find out how.
1: And we're back. So, Gary, Palace, what were your views on the game?
0: It was a professional performance, I thought. Um, which has been the the story of the week, really, that they've played against teams that um, you know knew that if they tried to match Chelsea, that, that they wouldn't be able to live with them in that sense, in the same way that United and Everton made that mistake. Uh, so they you know they came up, they set you know which which is you know what they're entitled to do, they set their stall out in that they wanted to contain Chelsea, and I think Palace were happy to lose one 0 I think you know seeing Alan Pardew after in, in the press conference, I think he was a little bit relieved. You know, the pressure that he's got on him at the moment given their run of form. I think they've, they've lost 22 league games now in, in 2016. So, you know, he's, he's going through a, some challenging times himself. So, to limit Chelsea to one goal, I think he's happy with it. But, um, yeah, I think overall it was a strong performance. It was something that you and I spoke about on Twitter actually briefly when um, there was a guy sending us some some uh, questions about being concerned that we're not blitzing teams anymore. And yeah. the, the point we both made, wasn't it? That, you know, they're finding ways of beating teams still, you know, which is the encouraging thing because. You know, you do see throughout the season, you know, Arsenal case in point can, can look great one minute and then when they're up against it, they they run out of ideas. Whereas this team, by hook or by crook, especially with Costa through the middle, are finding ways to win games. So, yeah,
2: I mean, you know, it doesn't matter if you have 80% of the possession, and don't score a goal. And we only had 46% of the possession in this game. They had more possession than us, but we still made it count. Do you want an utterly pointless stat
1: well they're my favorite of yours we are <laughs> the
2: first top flight team to win three league games in seven days by a one nil score line since 1979
1: oh that is utterly pointless well it's not <laughs> actually it's several points it's three games worth of points because i presume i can't i can't say nine points because in the 70s it was still two points wasn't mm. it so uh, West, that's West
2: Brom. That was okay. Yeah.
1: That 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 is glorious. I'm sure.
0: But I, I think just just putting that <coughs> stat into perspective, just in looking at the three one 0 wins, you know, not only does it show some defensive resilience in that, I, I don't know what the stats are for you know shots on on goal in those games that we con- Chelsea have conceded, but I think if you look at it overall, you know, to go out and play those matches free on the bounce, leading into Christmas, you know, and to to extend their lead at the top like they've done. You know, it keeps that consistency up and. You know, it just shows like just going back to the point I was making that they're able to win games playing well, but win games in in tight situations as well. And that you know, Costa at the moment, give him one chance and he scores. He had one chance against West Brom, he scored. Yeah. One chance against Palace, he scored. And I think it's also encouraging that the assists, you know, they're they're being shared around. You know, the, um, again, just go back to Pardew in his press conference, but um you know, he made the point that you know, th- there's very few teams that have got a player that's playing at the back that can deliver a ball like Aspeliqueta did. No. But then you look at it. And equally, William could have been delivering that ball. Hazard could have been. So,
2: Luis, yeah, you know, Matic. So, Matic's long long ball passing has been phenomenal this yeah,
0: season. Yeah, so, so throughout the squad, there's suddenly this you know dynamic that we didn't realise was there. You know that that you know all credit to Conte is getting out of these players, and I just think it's encouraging and it bodes well. You know, especially heading into a period where coming out the back of the new year. Chelsea could extend their lead further.
2: Just to answer your stat question, uh Palace had two shots on target in the game. We had six shots on target. Yeah. Diego Costa's fifth, fiftieth. Chelsea goal 17 more than any other player for the club since his debut
0: and he's done it in 15 games quicker than uh, Drogba did absolutely cool, this is like a stat off not, not 97 games Costa took to get that and he's, Drogba did 112
2: he's got 13 goals and 16 league appearances for Chelsea this season he scored 12 in total last season he's been involved in 18 goals this season more than any other Premier League player 13 goals and 5 assists
0: and, and he's won Chelsea directly sixteen points this season. Exactly. And if you took him out of the team, Chelsea's be below be below Man United in the table. Any more stats? Any more? Sta- I tell you, <laughs> I'm doing this from memory.
1: I tell you, I I, I know somebody who's got an opinion on stats, um, and we're gonna just hear a little moment from uh, Antonio again.
3: I'm not uh, a person that love the, the stats, know, the, the statistics, and um, yeah, I, I don't I don't like to see uh, how many. Uh, match, uh, matches uh, you uh, you won, uh, but for sure uh, this is my first uh, uh, season uh, in uh, in uh, in England, uh, and it's fantastic. Uh, uh, in 17 games uh, uh, to win uh, uh, 14 games, it's fantastic. But I like <laughs> to see the present, but uh, I, I like more. To, to see in the future and I want the future to be, uh, to be special for us and uh, I know only a way uh, for this uh, is to work, work and work
2: Interesting that he uses a stat in that, isn't it?
0: Yeah <laughs> can, I, can I just put that quote into context as well? Because I said it was a question I asked him that led on to that, and I said, "Oh, um, Andy Saunders of the Chelsea podcast likes to talk about stats," and I said, "I do not like the stats. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't really." <laughs> no, I mean, listen. I mean, stats.
2: Stats are just the context, aren't they, for other stuff? But uh, and I'm a sure context. he does. Look a, a context. Um But he. I mean, I think I'm, I'm sure he does. I mean, I don't think any manager wants to, you know, to, to say that they're wedded to stats, but you know, I'm sure that that he must factor stats into what he does modern football the, manager that's why know. the
0: players run around with their gps systems and you know pat was talking about it last week the red zone and everything else shows you know, yeah it's all stats feeding into the, the you know team selection and why do you think he's not playing Fabregas as much because the stats are telling him not to because of the ball recoveries in midfield and and the way they play so yeah you're right
2: and also as well obviously that, that 11th one in a row beat Jose Mourinho's 10 in a row that had been the, the record up to now so he's he's got that one in the bag already a um, couple of uh, bits of bad news, though, in that, um, obviously, Costa and Kante both picked up their fifth yellow cards and they're going to be out for the game on Boxing Day. How much of an impact is that going to have?
1: Well, it's, it's, it will have an impact. I, I think, actually, the way Conte has handled the squad so far this season, I think we'll be all right for a game. I think we'll be OK. I think the, there's certain things that we can talk about, um, about that. Uh, I'll be interested to see if Batshuayi Gets a look in. He'll get a look in. I think he will. Yeah, the way but he was talking about him after the
0: game as well. Yeah, no, exactly. No, to bring no, else in, mate.
1: It was just Pat was saying last week that his confidence seems to have got knocked a bit over this whole period. So it be interesting to see. I I think he's probably a shoe in to start. Of course he
0: is. The good thing as well He's got a week to, to build that confidence up and yeah. be told how great only he is. The only way a player's going to get
1: confidence is to go out and do it. You it's, must the only, a, it's the only
2: way he's going to do it, you if, know, so.
1: If you were Batshuayi when you came to Chelsea, you must have thought... With a striker like Costa, you're going to have three games off, two games on, mm-hmm. three games off, you know. I mean, it just hasn't worked like that. In fact, what did you think about the card for Costa? I thought it was tough, seeing as it was really his first challenge in the game.
0: It was, and he made that point to uh, the referee, John Moss, who um, has got a bit of a checkered history of Chelsea, but uh, without going into conspiracies too much. Um, oh no, we love a conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it, was a few, it was a couple of minutes after, that, because um, that happened on the halfway line, and then Palace were attacking the end where I was sat um, in in the overflow press box, and um, Palace got a corner, and Costa was still remonstrating with him. Then he was he was going over to him saying, Look, "That was my first my first foul," and he was he was incandescent about it. And I've seen the you know extending conspiracy theories, you know, people saying that he got booked deliberately. I think you know, it's all hogwash. And the uh. fact that you see his reaction to it, he, he was he was unhappy that he got that booking.
2: It was a stupid foul! I think it got booked for stupidity, really, because it was just a, a silly yeah, pe- it was, petulant it was. foul. It was a, point- it was a pointless
1: yeah. foul. But wasn't to, be, it?
0: to be fair to him as well, though, I think it was a booking as well. So um, to, to be fair to the referee, but I could see Costas pointing that he's like, you know, it's my first foul in the game, and you know, this is coming from a player that's actively worked to clean his act up, and and he makes that mistake, He's almost regressing in that sense, and he's, he's disappointed because on a run of form of thirteen goals in seventeen games, and. He's scoring a lot of important goals and goals that are winning Chelsea matches and he, he doesn't want that to end. So, yeah, I'm sure he's disappointed that he's missing the game as well.
1: Yeah, I think Conte made a sort of allusion to, well, he'll have more time off now than the rest of yeah. the team. Um, I'm, I'm sure he'll have a few words with him. I wouldn't be surprised if there'd been some sort of bet laid that can you get through to the, to the point where the cards are wiped. And he was pretty close, considering what he's been like. Yeah. So it was a bit of a shame. Kante, I, I actually think in a weird kind of way, we may find we miss Kante more than Costa.
2: Oh, I don't think in a weird way. I, I think it's much harder to to replace that engine in midfield uh, than it is to replace the firepower. Because I think we have firepower in other places. I think that's look, I mean, I don't buy this thing about confidence. He's a young kid, he'll come on and he'll, you know, he had one bad EPL game. Uh, in EPL Cup game rather, um, League Cup game where you know th- where he didn't perform against West Ham. That's about it, really. I think he'll come and he'll he'll do a job for us. And he's got Hazard, and he's probably have William or Pedro. He'll have backup in that situation. What's going to be more difficult to replace? I think is that engine, that solidity that Kante gives us in midfield. That's what I'm slightly con- concerned about.
0: D- one thing, the point I made after the game is that um, if there was one game that's coming up that you thought, okay, you, you, you're told you're going to lose. Uh, Kante and Costa you'd probably want it to be Bournemouth not because Bournemouth are a bad team I think they're a very good team but, but they play open yeah and I think if you look at the way I know, I know they beat Chelsea 1-0 at the bridge last season but then um, when they went to the Vitality Stadium in uh, April and Hazard would come back from his hip injury after being you know off for such a long time and he scored twice that game and it was the Fabregas show yeah. you know, and, he and they weren't probably, very
2: impressive yesterday against Southampton
0: yeah and, and he completely dominated that game and I just think that if there's a game where you're going to lose Kante that's maybe it because, you know, I, I, again, just to reinforce the fact, I'm not writing Bournemouth off. I do, I do think they're, you know, a good team and especially with the resources and what they do. But I just think that you've got Stoke on New Year's Eve and that's the game where you need that that physicality of Kante in the middle and, and his engine, but also Costa to to play against Shawcross and, you know, their other defenders because I think maybe for a defender, uh, sorry, an, an attacker like Batshuayi coming up against these seasoned pros that really know how to, you know, to bully strikers, you know, that they need to meet their match and Costa's going to be Shawcross and uh, Munietza's match. So I think that out of all the games, you don't want to lose them, but if you're going to lose them, you'd lose them for this one. Yeah, i will buy into that. I think, that's, I think that's a very sensible thing to say. Um,
2: I, you know, Bournemouth, as you say, you know, have, have done amazing things on limited resources, but if we want to win the title, we've got to be beating teams like Bournemouth, Costa and Kante or not.
1: Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, it it is set up to be going for the record against Tottenham on January the 5th, which is... This Again, is the 14 games in a row, that Yeah, one. the yeah. 14 games, because actually we're not back for podcasts until January the 10th, yeah. sadly. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot going on while we're away. And Well, we are top of the league at Christmas, Yeah, which, which is good. We're six of the past
2: seven teams to top the Premier League at Christmas have gone on to lift the trophy that season. And all four of our previous Premier League titles uh, have been when we've topped the table at Christmas. Well, so it bodes well. Yeah, it does. But it's It's a long way to go. And and I've said, again, on social media, I counsel against complacency. We're not even halfway through the season. There's an awful long way to go. Let's enjoy the moment, but let's not get carried away. Let's not lose the plot when we lose a game. When we will lose a game, or we will concede a goal. You know, the fact that we've only conceded two goals in our last 11 games has has, has maybe sort of heightened expectations a little bit, but let's not kid ourselves. It's a lot of games in a short space of time against some
1: very difficult teams. Yeah, and, you know, um, we've all seen what difference a week can make. I mean I was just thinking back to oh, about a week ago I was listening to Theo Walcott going on about oh we're so steely this Arsenal side oh we've got such team spirit oh we know how to fight they back
2: were dreadful in the second half against city well, both I'm not having halves. that as a Guardiola masterclass Arsenal no. were dreadful yeah, dreadful are. and if I mean if if that's our competition this year then we we should you know we should push on from here that's all I'm saying
0: yeah. I think the thing is with steel as well is that it melts under pressure. And that's what I
2: oh, thinking. I like that. That's, <laughs> that's why you get paid the big bucks. <laughs> it is. That's Hemingway <laughs> over there.
0: <laughs> well, he is, isn't he? Oh, and the mist was settling at Selhurst Park. Oh, <laughs> sorry, we're not doing that podcast. Right?
1: <laughs> but no, I mean, it is interesting. You, you look at them, you know, actually, I have to say, if anyone likes to listen to radio again, 6.06 on Sunday night after the Man City Arsenal game, it's just so funny because Ian writes on it and even he is beside himself, but laughing at the hysteria of the Arsenal fans who a week ago was in Venga We Trust and now a week later are saying he's got to go.
2: Well, I will just point you at Arsenal fan TV. Google yeah, it. That's exactly. all I'll say. Well I'd say comedy that, gold.
1: That and the six oh six from Sunday night, well worth listening to. Not that I like to gloat over other people's misery, but I'm gonna. Anyway, so <laughs> who was your man of the match? As Pillaquest. Oh, by a mile, wasn't it? Yeah, Do you think you slagged me off all last week? The last time we were on, of my my love of as- Well, Pete. you just said you're a bit stalky, That's all. <laughs> a bit stalky.
2: But I mean, he is brilliant. He He's was fantastic. particularly brilliant. And Pat said he gave him a ten, didn't he? Yeah. Um, in the midweek game.
1: Well, so what would he have given him this time? Well, What's I think the he 11? was probably
2: a ten. You know, I mean, I, th- I think he was awesome. And put put the um, put the put the assist to one side, which was great. And he looked up, delivered a brilliant ball for Costa. Um, I just thought his overall play was fantastic. I mean, what? What a brilliant player. I mean, what a fantastic player that can play right across the back four. Um, you know, and he's just signed the new deal. It's brilliant.
1: I mean, completely I think that's... Completely
0: underrated. Completely
2: yeah, underrated. I mean,
1: what do you think, Gary? Because it took him a while from having been, you know, turned into a left back, which I never thought was right anyway. And we we've talked about it a lot on here that we didn't think it was right. That, you know, turned him into a left back. And then when he went back to the right last season, he wasn't so good. But he seems to have rediscovered everything under Conte, like a lot of them. And I just think he's showing himself to be one of the best defenders around.
0: Yeah, I think the difficulty that um, that he would have had, you know, especially when he had to switch back to the right, is that Chelsea are under so much pressure at times where they were trying to get back up the table and they were, um, you know, you could really see that it wasn't about talent. Come this time last year, it wasn't about how talented they were, it was about, you know, how much courage they had, you know, if you like. And, and there were certain players who faltered, but then, you know, when they're having to overcompensate and there was no one really in front of him protecting him and you know it it can be a lonely place on the flanks for you know defenders especially because they can get exposed and when Chelsea were losing matches the way they were last year there were you know teams cutting through them I think that affected all of them you know the, the confidence and everything else and bringing in this new system there's a solidity there that you know wasn't and you know playing the three at the back is that he's got the cover of Moses to a degree but then also you know he's it works so well. It's, it's almost like less is more. There's less defenders, but there's more cover, and I think that's helping them confidence-wise, and also you know being able to track and you know n- know where they're meant to be. And I think you know let's not underestimate David Louise there because I don't know how much you guys will see you know what if anyone's watching on TV or where you're watching from where you are in the stadium, but you know in the press box you can see David Louise, you know dictating play, and you know I know we've discussed it briefly before about him being captain and. Yeah, you know, I think that he's showing himself that he could be
2: I, I agree I mean I've been saying it for ages everybody's laughing me out of town but I think he's got captain written all over him yeah, I,
0: especially the way he's playing in, the, in that sweeper system yeah. you know, where he is the sweeper effectively I know we're not putting that tag on it as such but the way he plays and the way he directs that back three and the way he gets Cahill in position and Azpilicueta and then obviously things build from there he's really stepped up in maturity and um I've been really impressed with him. So I know I've gone off the point from Azpilicueta, but I think the, the whole defensive background is just really impressive at the moment. But that's
1: a fair point, actually. You go from Azpilicueta seamlessly into talking about that unit, because actually they are what they are, one yeah. great unit. So- Gary
2: Cahill's 300th Premier League appearance on Saturday.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. I mean there, there are milestones happening that actually are starting to mean something again now, and I, you know, well, did you hear
2: Ashley Cole talking about Aspilicueta? Ash, Ashley Cole was one of the guests on Soccer yes. Saturday, and he was saying he was privileged. He was, you know, he felt it was a privilege that um, Aspilicueta stepped into his shoes after he left, and you know, was eulogising about what a brilliant player he was. Yeah, that's
1: right, because and that was from a left back to a right back coming yeah. into left back. Yeah. Um, no, it was fantastic. So I suppose really we, we've got to. Ashley Cole
2: follows me on Twitter, by the way. Does he? Yeah, and Mike Lessing. Who follows you on Twitter?
1: Oh, loads of people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> actually, John Obi McKell liked us on Facebook today. Okay. This morning. Did which, yeah. yeah which really well, he's off, isn't
2: he? So that's
0: yeah. no good. Yeah, so <laughs> Maybe that's why he's trying to get some friends. Yeah,
1: absolutely. But um, so I suppose really, you know, if we're going to sum up, we've got Christmas coming up. We've got three big games over this whole period in Bournemouth, in uh, Stoke and then Tottenham away. We could break all sorts of records. Tottenham, as always, Tottenham appears at yeah. some point where it's a, a a real important game. Well, it's
0: so interesting, isn't it? Because they want revenge anyway for you know what happened in May, but it sort of just pans out perfectly. Because if Chelsea win that, they equal Arsenal's record from two thousand and two, isn't they? So yeah. I know they're not exactly breaking it, but it would be some sort of you know small moral victory for Spurs if they can stop that winning run. So um, if we, if, if, if Chelsea, obviously, a won the next two games without taking them for granted but um, yeah th- and that obviously just adds a bit of spice to a game that's
1: already going to have it okay I'm going to say this if we win the next three games we will go through the rest of the season undefeated that's what I think crazy <laughs> but it's Christmas talk I think, I think, it's, I think it's a big shout and um, hey, listen I hope so field. I don't think it's a stupid
2: shout I think it's a big shout that's unlike you not to get a chance at calling me stupid. I don't think it's a stupid shout because I think the you know, people, we will have the fear factor back and people will be concerned about us. We haven't had that for a long time. No. I think we've got it back. I think if we win the next three games, we'll win the league. Yeah. I, I, I mean, oh, well I. Well, that I, goes without I, saying. I, I genuinely think that. Um, will we win the next three games? I think we'll win the next two games and draw against Spurs. I think that's probably what will happen. That That's my gut feeling on it. But hey, if we can, brilliant. I think we'll beat Bournemouth. I think we'll beat Stoke. I think we'll draw against Spurs. I'll be happy with that, frankly.
1: Well, uh, OK, let's get prediction time. Do you think we can win the title over this next three games in principle? Uh,
0: well, uh, just, just to start promoting my own work, actually. I wrote something after the West Brom game. and I said, Oh, title, your own
1: work for who? Uh, sorry, us. for
0: Bleacher Report. Yeah. Um, but I, my, my point was that uh, the, the title, it's not so much wrapped up, but it's, it's Chelsea's to lose now. And I, I stand by that still. I, I look at it and I think that, you know, at the start of the season, I came on the podcast and, you know, we, we had the joke. Uh, Phil, yourself and me and you were saying, "Oh, we're going to win the league because we were playing so well." And I was a bit sceptical, but you know, I'm totally convinced by Conte now. And um, you know, the, the reason I wasn't convinced before was that I didn't trust his team, you know, given what happened last year. But um, I think you look at it now. The way Chelsea are playing, they've been so consistent that you know Arsenal dropping points all of a sudden, but then City did. And you know, if you look at this 11 game run, you know, uh, Chelsea have had a 15 point swing on City. City have only picked up 15 points in 11 games, and yeah, you know, they're sort of. I was, I was no, looking Liverpool at the ball of lost games. Yeah, and I was I was Arsenal looking at the I was looking at the table for um for where it was this time last year, and um Arsenal and City are only a point better off now than what they were this time last year. So it's almost like they're sort of par for what you expect. Whereas we've you know we are um, five points better off than what Leicester were. So I think you start looking and you think you know the patterns. It doesn't really matter too much because. It's different teams, different players, different seasons. But at the same time, the patterns for teams that do go on to win titles, Chelsea are well within that and actually they're extending it. You know, so they're, they're beyond it. So you look and you think, is Chelsea to lose now? If Chelsea don't win the league, I think it will be down to Chelsea rather than, rather than the other teams.
1: All right, so let's go for a hat-trick of Christmas and New Year results. And it's going to be the quickfire round. Andy Bournemouth? 1-0. Stoke? 1-0. Tottenham? 1-1. One, one.
3: Oh, look oh, at that. That so boring
1: games. the record.
0: <laughs> Gary, Bournemouth. 4-0. <Bournemouth>, hey, <laughs> oh, Stoke. 1-0. Oh, can I say 1? You can say same. Yeah. No,
2: one-nil. you can't say
0: Okay, 2-1, 2-1, one What two-one. do
2: you really
1: want to say? 1-0? 1-0. 1-0 Just because it's Christmas. Um, Tottenham?
0: 1 to Spurs, 3 to Chelsea.
1: Oh, I love it. <laughs> okay, Drunk. me. Drunk. Bournemouth, 2-0. Uh, uh, Stoke, 2-0. Tottenham away.
2: 2-1. There you go. There
1: you go. So all that's left is for uh, us to all say Merry Christmas to everybody. Is
2: there going to be something in between now and, and New Year? There is, isn't there?
1: Oh, yes, of course. We haven't announced that. Yeah, thanks to the most wonderful Gary Hayes, who actually just sorts out all of our lives. Um, yeah, sorry,
0: Gary, he- I just needed to say you uh, you got
1: an appointment later. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Miss Hayes. Um, uh, Gary sorted it out for Andy and I to go along and chat to the most wonderful man um, that I've met for a long, long time, Mr. Bobby Tambling, um, before the Everton game. Yeah. And um, we sat down with him for an hour. Maybe tell people who Bobby Tambling is. Bobby Tambling, if you don't know, was our leading goal scorer until Frank took that away from him. But he is a legend from the 60s. Uh, and the early 70s just, um, and a wonderful man. He's done his book, which is entitled,
2: entitled uh, Bobby Tambling... Dogs. My life, my, my, goal, my life Goals.
0: Life Goals. Life Goals, Life
2: Goals, yes. Oh, life goals, yeah. So
1: sorry, Bobby yeah. and, and Richard. We've messed that up. We don't sound very up. professional, do we? No, <laughs> it, he threw it at me. I was just going to go, Bobby Tambling, have a listen. Um, anyway, we had a long chat with him about his career and his life and uh, Chelsea and everything. It's a really well worth a listen, and we're going to put that out on Boxing Day. So that's Bobby Tambling's special on Boxing Day. Other than that... It's a Merry Christmas from us, so Merry Christmas, everybody. And it's a Merry Christmas,
3: thanks to Antonio. I'm not uh, a person that loves the, the stats, no? the, the statistics. I'm not uh, a person that loves the, the stats, no? the, the statistics. I'm not uh, a person that love the, the stats. No? The, the statistics. This is a
1: Playback Media production. Get all the associated links to this podcast at chelseapodcast.net.